Saint Germain de Pibrac, patron of the unwanted. Family, we have a very special saint to share with you today, Saint Germain de Pibrac. Hers is one of the saddest accounts we have ever researched, and yet this dear girl has become a very special saint in the eyes of the people in her area, and indeed all over France. If not for the hand of God, her story would only take a few paragraphs. She was born with a crippled and paralyzed right arm and a disease commonly called in those days a scrofula, which is a form of tuberculosis which affects the neck. In her case, it also made her neck and cheeks malformed and not at all pleasant to look at. At times, she suffered from swelling and open pussy sores. No one knew for sure who her parents were. Laurent Cousin may have been her father, but that was never determined for sure. She might also have been left at the doorstep as a baby, perhaps because of her deformities, or she may have been the child of Laurentis' first wife, who died of the plague when Germain was an infant. Whatever the case, he never cared for her. He remarried, and his new wife hated Germain, possibly because the father didn't care for her, or because she, his new wife, was just a very hateful person. She treated Germain horribly. She was kept away from her brothers and sisters or stepfamily, whatever they were. She was allowed to sleep under a stairway in the barn and never allowed to live in the house. She lived in rags and never had a pair of shoes. She ate the stale bread and water which was left for her at the front door of the house every day. She was required to spin an enormous amount of wool, which was an almost impossible task considering her infirmities. But the Lord helped her. She always did her job. On the few occasions where she was not able to spin the required amount of wool or perform any of the other tasks she had been given because of cold weather, which caused her fingers and toes to freeze, or if she were suffering an illness, which incapacitated her, she was beaten. She was beaten for many reasons, and sometimes she was beaten for no reason. Just based on the stepmother's mood in any given situation, she would be beaten. The intensity of the mood of the stepmother usually determined how badly she would be beaten. The local farmers could see welts and bruises on her hands and face. There were also bruises in areas which could not be seen, her back, her legs, and arms. Her father never interfered with his wife's ill treatment of the girl. The only concession he seemed to give her was the permission to go to Mass every week, which she took advantage of whenever she could. This is where the Lord broke through the dense fog of her life. He showed her a completely different view of how her life could be. He gave her an understanding of the sacraments. She developed a hunger for the Mass. During the week, as she was tending her sheep, she could hear the church bells ring for the beginning of Mass. She wanted so badly to be there. Her spirit soared from the field she was in to the church, and she took part in the Mass spiritually, much like St. Paschal Balan, who will be in the field when he heard the bells of the church and his heart took flight to take part in the Mass. A time came when that was not enough for her. You have to realize that this was her life, 
Her entire existence up until this time when the Lord introduced her to the Mass was at best dreary. She developed a hunger for the Eucharist, which was to be the catalyst which brought about the beginning of one of the miracles given to St. Germain. One day, the Lord spoke to her heart. She was out in the field, tending the sheep. She heard the bells which called the people to Mass. She knew they were calling her to Mass. She could not be without the Lord. She took her distaff, a staff with a cleft end for holding flax, which she used for spinning her wool, and thrust it into the ground. From that day on, it didn't matter what time of the year it was, the summertime when the ground was soft, or the coldest day of winter when the ground was rock solid. When she thrust a piece of wood into the ground, it stayed. She then huddled her flock of sheep around the distaff and told them to stay there and stay together. Do not wander off. Then she ran off to the church on those days to take part in the Mass. Now, to those of us who have no experience in sheep herding, what she did was not only ill-advised, it was ridiculous, almost impossible. There's no way you can keep the sheep together unless the shepherd is with them, guiding them. In addition, in the forest where she tended sheep, it was infested with wolves, which always attacked unattended herds of sheep. However, her sheep were never touched. She never lost a sheep. The wolves didn't attack, and no sheep ever wandered off. Her time at Mass was not only the high point of her day, it became the driving force in her life. She would gladly suffer all that her stepmother and the elements and her illness and deformity could hand out to her. But she could not do without her Lord Jesus in the Eucharist. This was to be the momentum for another miracle which is spoken about at her shrine. Each spring, the Corbett River overflowed after the winter snows melted. This created a white chasm between where St. Germain was with her sheep and the road to the church. The flooding made crossing impossible. This would have been the evil one's way of preventing our little saint from her one great experience of each day, the Mass, and our Lord Jesus in the Eucharist. On the first day that this occurred, two friends who were with her warned her not to try to cross the river. It was too deep. The flow of the rapids was too strong and the current too swift. It could take her and sweep her downstream. Our little saint could not take the chance of missing her opportunity for Mass that day. She made the sign of the cross, at which point the river miraculously parted in two, reminiscent of the miracle of the Eucharist of Avignon, 1433, where the water in a flooded church parted to allow the Blessed Sacrament to be taken off the main altar and carried to safety, and the biblical parting of the Red Sea. Word of this miracle and the subsequent miracles of the parting of the river spread rapidly throughout the village. There were actual eyewitnesses to the miracle. Other shepherds tending their sheep in the field where she tended hers would pass her flock huddled around the distaff stuck in the ground. They were amazed that the sheep were so obedient. It didn't matter if it was the heat of summer or the freezing cold of winter, snow or rain, the sheep always obeyed the command by our Lord Jesus so that our little saint could take part in the celebration of the Mass. 
Soon everyone was talking about Germaine and her special gift. People began paying more attention to her. They had always thought she was a good girl, misfortunate in her living condition with her family, but they never thought of her as being particularly blessed by the Lord. Now they saw a different side to Germaine, a heavenly side. However, this was to have a negative effect on her stepmother. There is a terrible but true expression, no good deed goes unpunished. Well, the more people talked about this miraculous occurrence and paid attention to the girl, the more Germaine was beaten by her stepmother. But through all of this and the years of ill treatment at the hands of her stepmother, Germaine only treated her with homage and regard. Another miraculous manifestation which has been the talk of the village and St. Germain's followers all these years is what is called the miracle of the flowers. Germain had taken to giving scraps of bread to the various beggars who came to her for help. She had gained the reputation of being compassionate to the multitude of those less fortunate, whose situations were similar to hers. But the few scraps she was given for her meals was not even enough to take care of her, much less to share with the many who came to her for help. So she would sneak into the house and take crust of bread from the kitchen. Her stepmother, always looking for an excuse to belittle or punish her, caught Germaine taking the bread. When she caught her in the act, she beat her mercilessly, stating that she was not about to feed every indigent who came to St. Germain. Well, this one day, Germaine had taken bread from the kitchen and was heading down the road to give it to some of the destitute poverty-stricken people who depended on her. The stepmother caught wind of what she was doing and ran after her, calling her a thief and demanding she open her apron to let the bread fall out. This took place in the center of the town, where the whole village seemed to be there for this. The stepmother planned it this way so she could justify her wicked behavior towards the girl before the whole village. Germaine obediently opened her apron, thinking the bread would fall out, and she would have to suffer the wrath of her stepmother. But the Lord stepped in, and rather than bread falling out, beautiful flowers cascaded to the ground. Shades of Juan Diego and Our Lady of Guadalupe. These were flowers that were not found in this section of France, and definitely not in the winter time, which is when this occurred. Praise Jesus! She was a very peaceful soul. The more the Lord filled her with His love, the more she became content, no, joyful with her surroundings and her situation. Everybody in the village could see this conversion in the girl, but the children could see it more clearly. Their souls are clear of all the garbage we adults cram into our minds. In addition, they have an instinct about who is trustworthy and who is not. Germaine's entire demeanor was so peaceful and loving that they felt comfortable being in her presence. So they would follow her as she performed her tasks. She didn't have a lot of free time, so they had to get her while they could. Very often, they would come upon her in the fields, and she would be deep in prayer. She had a cross made of two twigs put together and tied with hay. She also had a rosary made out of knotted twine. 
These were her possessions and they were the most important belongings she had. She might be sitting on the stump of a tree or a rock. They would gather around her and listen to her talk about Jesus and her love of our faith. Remember now, she had no education. She could not read, write, or spell. How did she possess the knowledge to keep these young people spellbound for hours at a time? We believe she was inspired by the Holy Spirit to instill the love of Jesus into these young people in the hopes that they would pass it on and no families will treat their children like St. Germain's treated her. The attitude of the townspeople towards Germain changed. After seeing how the children were attracted to her and how her stepmother tried to beat her and berate her in front of the locals and how she did not react or criticize her wicked stepmother in any way, they came to realize that this was truly a child of God. Not only these things, but manifestations began to occur, especially at night at the barn where Germain lived. Bright lights could be seen coming from the barn, almost as if he was on fire. Only the lights seemed heavenly. Beautiful music emanated from the barn, which they could not understand. Many would gingerly walk to the opening of the barn to see Germain kneeling in prayer in ecstasy. She was the happiest girl in the village. She truly became in their eyes the holy girl. The change in attitude of all the villagers towards Germain had an effect on her father first. He grieved for the way he had mistreated this child, his daughter, for so many years. He asked for forgiveness and demanded to his wife that she be allowed to live in the house and eat proper meals and wear good clothes. Although he was not aware of it, his wife, Germaine's wicked stepmother, was having a conversion experience herself. She couldn't help but see the spiritual beauty of this child, whom she had treated so shamefully from the time she was a little girl. Not to the same degree as the father, but she too wanted to make amends for her outrageous behavior. But Germaine was content living the life the Lord had given her. She reconciled with her father, telling him she was very happy in the barn. This is where she had spent most of her life. This is where the Lord had blessed her mightily. She wanted to continue in this place. As a matter of fact, she even found other means of discipline that she could practice, which she felt made her closer to our Lord Jesus and his mother Mary. However, she did give in to her parents' request that she eat better and dress better, even if she was to stay with the animals in the barn. But all of that was to be short-lived. Our little saint was to be called home by her Lord Jesus and his mother Mary, who had protected the child with her motherly mantle for all St. Germain's life. There are two accounts of the death of St. Germain, both complementing the other. One tells of a priest traveling from one part of France in the direction of Toulouse, which is very close to Pibrac. When he arrived in Pibrac, on his way to Toulouse, he could hardly see. The night was dark. There were no lights to help him. He really groped through the town. All at once, a heavenly aura lit up the sky. He saw a procession of saintly virgins almost float down from heaven toward a barn in the village. Then he saw a virgin ascending to heaven. 
He was completely spellbound by the vision. He knew it had to be of God, but did not know what he meant. He decided to stay the night in Pibrak to try to determine the meaning of this vision. On the other side of the village, coming from Toulouse, two monks groped in the near pitch dark night of Pibrak. They feared they were going in the wrong direction, so they took refuge in the remains of a castle which had been abandoned. They too saw the same vision of the brilliant virgins coming down from heaven, followed by the virgin going up into heaven, accompanied by a multitude of angels. They too decided to find out what he meant the next day when he was light out. When both the priest and the monks described to the locals the next morning the events of the previous evening, the people were stymied at first, but when they heard that she was crowned with a diadem, they immediately thought of the little saint in their midst, Germain. They assumed she had been taken up from her life of mystery into heaven. All went to the barn, where they found Germain's father weeping over the body of his daughter, laying on her little thatched mattress, a rosary in her hands, and her face beaming. Possibly more attention was given to this beautiful young girl than had ever been given her before. By the way, the marks on her face all but disappeared, and her arm was able to be positioned almost the way it would be if she had not suffered her illness. Her stepmother, in an act completely foreign to her personality, dressed Germaine in a beautiful dress, simple as befit the flavor of the area she lived in. The little children made a wreath for her head and placed it on her body. Great pains were taken to make this, the day she died, the most memorable in her life. Her body was brought in solemn procession to the church she loved so much and buried there. And that should have been the end of the story, or so everyone thought. But that's not the end of the story. Forty-three years later, in 1644, when most of the children Germaine thought in the forest were now grown, probably parents, a woman in the parish died and had requested to be buried in the church near the altar. When the workmen dug up the floor near the altar, they found the tomb of Germaine, who had long since been forgotten, her father and mother having passed on. When the workers opened the floor, they found the body of a young girl perfectly intact. As a matter of fact, the pickaxe used by one of the workers hit her nose and it began to bleed. Well, the workers ran all through the village, ranting and raving about the body that was found in the church. The entire village came to the church to see the miraculous occurrence. Distant relatives of the Kusan family, of which she was a part, having heard the stories all their life of the little saint, identified the corpse as being the little holy girl, Germaine Kusan. Remember now, this was a good generation after she had lived and died. Even if the children, now adults, remember Germaine, their memories will have been dimmed by the years. Add to that the new people who have moved into the village, and a priest who was probably only a child when she died, and the bottom line is that she was fairly unknown anymore. But this special manifestation caused such a stir in the little church that the parishioners placed the body of the girl in a glass casket and set it on a place of honor in the front of the church for all to see. However, 
This caused a little problem with one of the more sophisticated and well-to-do parishioners who knew nothing about our little saint. He considered it in poor taste to leave a corpse in the vestibule, and so the priest placed Germain in the sacristy. But a strange but heavenly twist occurred with the family of the objecting parishioner. His wife, somewhat younger than he, suffered a mysterious ailment that night, which in turn affected their infant, whom she was nursing. In a matter of days, the two were on death's door. The husband's attitude took a complete reversal. Now he was praying to a little saint for her intercession. His attitude became the same as the rest of the town who believed sincerely that this girl was a saint. The husband asked her pardon for his rude behavior and pleaded for the healing of his wife and child. The town began a novena to Germain. Remember now, she is not being beatified or canonized at this point. To be honest, she is only a memory in the minds of many in the town who remember her when she was alive or had heard the many stories which had circulated the area after her death. Apparently, the sound of the prayers and petition wafted up to heaven and to the ears of our little saint-to-be. Germain appeared to the woman who was on death's door. She placed her hand on the part of the body which had been affected. The wife and child of the rich, rude man were healed. And so once again the tables were turned. Now, because of the great gift he had been given through the kindness of Germain, that of his wife and daughter being snatched from the agony of death, the family had a fitting urn created for her. Her body was incorrupt, never having suffered decomposition. The people were able to venerate her for many years. Miracle upon miracle came about through her intercession. By the time the French Revolution came about, Devotion to her in southern France was so strong that radicals had a difficult time convincing the people that it was right to destroy her incorrupt body. But anarchists had their way, and in a rage of fury, took the little saint out of her shrine, dragged her to an open pit, and poured quick lime on her body, in an effort to corrode her body quickly. However, when the faithful dug her body up after the revolution, they found it to be just as perfect as it had been before the revolutionaries tried to destroy it. An interesting aside happened to those who would have her body demolished and her memory erased from the people of Pibrock and surrounding area. The three responsible for this sacrilege were struck down with various crippling and mutilating diseases. Two repented and prayed for Germaine to heal them. She did. The third, however, stubborn to the end, carried this sign of his disgrace to his death. Despite the many miracles attributed to our little saint, it took 250 years before she was raised to the communion of saints. In 1853, Blessed Pope Pius IX canonized her and proclaimed the 15th of June to be her feast day. In Pibrac, the faithful celebrate her feast day for four days, from the 11th to the 15th of June, which is the main day of celebration. St. Germain is a powerful intercessor. You should get to know her. Ask for her help. She is very kind. She will come to your aid. Please load our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Here is how to download our free Bob and Penny Lord app. 
simply with your iPhone or Android device, go to the App Store, search for Bob and Penny Lord app, and download it. It's that simple. Here's what you can do with our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Number one, the, there's a link to our marketplaces, our websites, uh, our uh, blog, and this podcast. The second link is to our Bob and Penny Lord TV channel, where you can access all of our videos as seen on EWTN, plus a whole lot more. Thank you very much.